welcome to the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. Each week we sit around and discuss the music from our past. Sometimes we agree. I call it iconic. It's a 10. That riff is un- it's incredible. Clearly a 10. This is one of the most iconic songs of the 80s. Um, iconic from start to finish. And sometimes we disagree. The song sounds like something you might hear at your aunt's funeral. The absolute worst lyric ever. It's like stuffing the sock in your pants and you got nothing else to tell me. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. All right, guys, we are back with another Audible Ecstasy podcast. After a week off, we're refreshed and ready to roll. This week, it is the debut album by Jackal, simply titled Jackal. You guys ready to do this? Absolutely. How about you, Anthony? Do you have any words of wisdom this week? I got some us? words of wisdom, but uh, they're not. Uh, it's going to be more of a little little blurb because, like this, I was born in the backwoods <laughs> of a two-bit nowhere town, fathered up some rock and roll, baby, so your mothers could boogie down. I ain't whistling Dixie. No, I'm a rebel with a groove. All around the world they go, round and round, when they dig on my new stainless steel sound. Now, let's get into it. All right. That's one of your better ones, Anthony. (laughs) I think I'm going to be the one standing alone tonight, just so y'all know. All right, guys. Chris, let's start this thing off with track number one. It's called I Stand Alone. Hello, world. This <laughs> is your introduction to Jackal. If you purchased this CD back in 1992 and threw this bad boy on, this is how you got started. I think the opening riff on this one is certainly memorable. This is the true introduction of outlaw rock and roll in the vein of ACDC. Jesse James comes out, basically grabs your ears, and doesn't let go for this pretty much... About an hour ride. I uh, I do love the ACDC simple riff style on this song and record throughout. The chant section in this song fits it perfectly. This song is actually, icon- I know you guys may not see it that way, it's iconic in their discography. This is a 10 through and through. And I forgot to ask, who wants to go next to follow up my uh, demented rantings? I'll leave that to you, Anthony. I'll, I can clean All up right. or I can... Uh, Anthony, do you, wanna, Anthony, do you want to go second or do you want to <laughs> clean up the mess? Uh, well, let me go last because I got information. So sometimes okay. Chris gets left out if he goes. That'll work. Right, Chris, true. Right. True. go Sounds ahead. Good. What are your thoughts on "I Stand Alone"? Well, I agree with you on the ACDC sound, and that that theme carries throughout on this album, quite honestly. Uh, and his vocals, even he sounds a whole lot like Brian Johnson, if you ask me. Uh, yeah, this is great opener. Uh, I love the riffs in it, uh, the chanting they do. The, the kind of the background vocals are like the whole chanting throughout the song and. 
rhythm section pushes the song really well also jesse's vocals fantastic i gave it a nine i don't really think it's as iconic uh i'm sure anthony's looked concert plays i took a peek at as well there's not a whole lot of concert plays on any of these songs exactly. but uh that said uh i kind of knew this song going in so i'm giving it a nine because of that all right anthony what do you think about i stand alone yeah you know it's a great lead-in song i wrote it's got a nice steady beat nice rhythm Gets a foot tapping and the head bobbing. I really like the chorus and the harmonies. Great guitar solo. All good. I dropped a nine on it too. And, you know, like I wrote that the rating could be argued because it's number three all time in concert with 150 plays. So it could technically be iconic. But I don't know, man. This is one of those bands that they don't have a lot to play. So some of their songs can be pretty high because they don't have a big discography. You know, unlike a Bon Jovi. They didn't tour a whole yeah. lot, just so yeah. you know. Well, I'm going yeah. to say this, too. When I was looking through Setlist FM, there were a lot of shows with missing data. I really don't yeah. think a, a – I think a very small percentage of their shows have been right. accounted for on there. So, so it, it'll give you an idea of maybe how what they play more frequently, but I'm not sure it gives you an accurate idea exactly. how many plays. That's what there. I was – I knew two songs on this album really before I came into it, and those are the ones I considered iconic because I knew them. But this one was one I was like, eh, nine or ten, nine or ten. I'll go with nine. It didn't feel like a ten to me, but hey guys, it could it's be on hard. how you hear it, fellas. Don't worry. Yeah. I mean, just because so. I'm writing y'all wrong doesn't mean anything. <laughs> I'm good with that. I'm good with that. All right, let's throw this thing up to track number two. It's called Dirty Little Mind. Chris, a little listen. tell you what i do like about this song i love the bass line i like how it carries this track through and through the guitar i enjoy the guitar following the vocals with a little after jesse james spews his voice out <laughs> uh, i tell you what um i do think it's a step down from the first track i still think it's a pretty darn good song i rate this one at a seven and a half Oof, chris what do you think about dirty little mind man you got my notes right in front of me here like i First thing I said, love the bass line. Uh, it's definitely a catchy song. Get those Brian Johnson vocals out of this guy on this song. Uh, I, th- I do think it's kind of juvenile, you know, the whole sex and the second half of the song <laughs> going on. It's, it's a bit much. Uh, I agree with you. I gave it seven and a half as well. So, yeah, I think you're looking at my notes over here. Uh, you're right, buddy. Congratulations. Thanks for showing me your camera. Uh, nothing. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't worry about that. All right, Anthony, what do you think about Dirty Little Mind? Yeah, man, I wrote that. I love the way it grooves. Um, and again, like you guys said, that little bit of bass it runs throughout is good. I really like it. Um, it's like the first one, you're getting the body moving again. Great chorus, great harmonies. 
It's an excellent one-two punch for me, man. I want to drop a nine on this bad boy. It's an excellent song. Oh, wow. Great lead in. Fantastic, and man. It's, Dude, I'm glad you liked it. That's awesome. Yeah, it's uh, it's number four all-time in concert form, too, with 143 mm-hmm. plays. So it's pretty high up. In fact, this first half of this album, they're all in their top six, top to seven, something like that. So they've been played a lot. But yeah, I'm right excellent. On. I like this. Mrs. is a groover. I like it a lot. Well, it's ironic that you like this song because many, many years ago, I saw this show in Viking Hall and uh, <laughs> Jackal was opened up for Damn Yankees and Damn Yankees was on fire back in these days. So this was Jackal's chance to come out and really impress some crowds because Damn Yankees was selling out places left and right. And um, I'd never even listened to Jackal until that night. I uh, I remember... Getting into it, you could tell it was an ACDC vibe. It was kind of like that that low-key redneck vibe going on. Everybody was getting along, <laughs> chanting and stuff. You know how it is. You're not necessarily there to see them. Then all of a sudden, you're like, you're there to appreciate them because they all of a sudden, they started kicking yeah. ass. But nonetheless, during that show and during this song in specific, according to legend, and I was I was there, this, from what I saw happen, a girl hopped up on the stage. And um, a girl that we went, actually know, by the way. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we're not going to get into that. We're going to give you names. Yeah. yeah, I'm not going to give out a name. <laughs> However, she hopped up on the stage and went running toward Jesse James. And Jesse James basically, he kind of grabbed her, put her down on the ground, and laid on top of her until the security guys came over to help her. And it pretty much sang about, I don't know, two minutes of this song on top of her. And, uh, and of course, after it was all said and done, he ended up getting a little bit of trouble with the law that her, this girl's parents were supposedly going to sue. So, but Chris is right. We do know this girl. She's a friend of both of our wives and yeah. uh, known them for years. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's funny knowing that I know this girl. I didn't know her at the time this happened, by the way, I had no idea who she was, but I was there and I saw it and I witnessed what happened. It was pretty darn crazy. And another cool thing is, um, I was able to call into the, uh, call into Sirius for one night and I was talking to uh, Eddie Trunk and Jesse James was on there and I was able to speak to him and ask him about the incident and he, re- and he remembered oh, He knew it immediately. As yeah. soon as you said Viking oh, Hall, he knew it immediately. Yeah. It's crazy, man. <laughs> it was awesome, dude. It was probably, my, I don't know, man. I had like, I, was it like maybe four minutes of airtime with them? It, was, yeah, it went on yeah. for a little while. It did. But yeah, man, it was great. It was great. All right, enough of that reminiscing. What you got, Anthony? <laughs> well, I just want to say, anybody listening, Viking Hall is... It's it's part of the high is it part of the high school there in Bristol Tennessee High School yeah it's a smaller it's Bristol, venue that's probably how it was so easy for her to get on stage too it's a pretty small little venue so small ish you know compared to see about twenty thousand Chris no it's not that big but sixteen thousand yeah. it's not like a typical high school gym it's a good size no, it's, I mean it's a, it's a, it, I'd say it's, it's a civic whole, center maybe, man. Maybe ten thousand people. Yeah, but they had a lot of yeah. concerts come through Viking yeah. Hall. Oh, yeah, it was a ton. Is either the Vi- Oh my God, Viking Hall or Free or is it Freedom Hall? Is that what it was? Yeah, Freedom Hall's in Johnson City. Those yeah. were the two biggies for us back there. But Viking Hall was the smaller venue. But uh, it was. Just want to put I've that point it. of point of reference out there. Anybody listening, so they'll kind of know it was a little smaller. It might have been easier to get on the stage. So it's probably how she. Well, did it. nonetheless. <laughs> uh, I can't believe I actually witnessed that and knew the person that was involved. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's <laughs> hey, small town, man. It's no doubt. No doubt. No <laughs> doubt so. All right. So let's get up to track number three. It's a little old tune called Down On Me. Chris. <laughs>
Oh, my God. I bet they've never played this one live. Oh, my God. <laughs> all right, here we go. First of all, I do love the intro to this, into that massive riff that is so heavy. It sticks in your mind. It pretty much carries every single show that Jackal does, no doubt about it. This is a staple in the Jackal riffology. It's a, it's iconic. I can't say anything else about it. It's a 10. What do you think about this one, Chris? Yeah, I don't know if you caught this, but it's funny you mentioned Damn Yankees in the previous uh, song there because, to me, the intro, not really the part that we started with, but the oh, right yeah. before the very <laughs> beginning <laughs> sounds a whole lot like coming of age to me. Like I, I think it's almost like note for note, Plagiarism. very similar to that. Yeah, well, I don't know about <laughs> that, but... But it definitely does sound like that to me. Uh, yeah, this is a great song. Uh, the band is in the pocket the whole time on this song. Uh, the background vocals are great. The rhythm section pushes it. Solid song from start to finish. I agree. I think it's iconic as well for them. I'm going to give it a 10. Fantastic. Fantastic. Anthony, what do you think about Down On Me? Uh, yeah, I wrote it. To, it's a solid groover, man. Uh, catchy chorus, great guitar, killer chorus and harmonies. Another one that kind of gets a foot tap and head bobbing. I'm dropping a 10 on it too. This is a number. This is one of the, the iconic ones I knew on here too. I knew this before we came into it. Uh, number two all time with 153 plays. So it's, it's a big inform, but damn Yankees. Did anybody from Kansas in damn Yankees? No. Okay. Night Ranger, Ted Nugent. Okay. Well, anyways, I got a little spiel on this song here. I was going to read and it involves Kansas. That's why I was asking. Oh, um, this, uh, I read this from uh, songfacts.com, where you get all your facts for songs. But anyways, <laughs> uh, Jesse James Dupree wrote it before the band got their record label. Um, at the time, the band's future was in question, as Dupree, a new father, was planning to leave the group and get a new job. Around this time, he ran into Steve Walsh of Kansas at a party, and Walsh suggested they write together. Dupree took him seriously and wrote Down on Me as a Kansas song hoping Walsh would work on it and record it with his band. Dupree never heard from Walsh, so he made it a Jackal song. When John Kalaniner, I'm not sure, signed Jackal to Giffen Records, Dupree played him this song, and Kalaniner introduced a surprise guest. In an interview with Dupree, he told the story, Steve Walsh walked into the rehearsal room that we were at in Atlanta, just totally coincidental, out of nowhere. He said hello to John, and John was going... Look, guys, this is the legendary Steve Walsh. Look at this. Can you believe it? And so Walsh ends up leaving, and Calendar goes, that's pretty cool. Steve Walsh comes in here and says, hey. And I said, yeah, you know that song that you said you liked, the Down on Me song? I wrote that for him, and he blew me off. And Calendar goes, you know what the moral to that story is? You've got a hit. He don't. And we just took it home from there. <laughs> nice. You know, it's sad. I forgot to even mention when we said damn Yankees, it's super group. They had sticks as well. Sticks is in yeah, sticks. Oh sticks and, yeah. It's new and sticks. And yeah. Yeah. That's why I was asking about Kansas. Cause that would that'd be kind of sing, cool. The singer that that would have made it a super group. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, both exactly. the two of the guys, all the three of them sang, believe it or not. You know that, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. You, you had uh, what blades, Shaw and Nugent. They all, yeah basically play they all sing at least nugent sang at least one song on every record i mean that all, high enough song was killer man That's oh yeah dude They're killer the killer band that, that might be a future a future podcast episode yeah. if y'all know it's, right. definitely about that too. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great one great album all right let's roll on down to track number four it's called when will it rain chris a little listen 
Before before I lay this out, I'm gonna go ahead and let y'all know you got the real me in off this one. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. First of all, I love the riff of this song. It's not it's not like super fast. It's heavy. It's grooving. Um, and honestly, this might be my favorite Jackal riff. I think the song is easy to sing along. It sticks with you after listening to it. Um, I mean, I found myself humming this one along throughout the week, even knowing the song before. So, um, and even when you don't want it to be there, you're like, what am I trying to link up? You know, when will it rain? Oh my God. Nonetheless, I love this song. This might be my favorite one on this record, believe it or not. I, 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 there's another one that's kind of close to it, but um, it's a 10 in my book. I think it's iconic. I, every time I've seen they played this song live. What do you think, Chris? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure it's iconic, man. Well, I'll read my notes here. You're going to be disappointed because it's not one of my favorite songs. Go ahead. Let me have it, buddy. I'm waiting. I I mean, there's definitely an ominous tone to this song and the way it's played. And almost has a little more. You know, this is, we didn't mention this before. Was it 1992, was it, Jimmy? This album came Yep. And this actually has a little more of a 90s sound than than the rest of it, which is more of an 80s sound, in my opinion. Uh, I don't really feel strongly either way about it. I think it's kind of middle of the road. I, I gave it a six. I think it's good. What? Yeah. Six? I don't uh, think it's better than I, good, though. I don't I don't hear this. I think this I is mean, a very good song. I'm we like, got some good, sixes but, coming up, but we don't have six right here. I got some fives coming up, dude. So, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean. I don't hear yeah, it. That's, that's where I am with this one. Hey, fair enough, man. Blast Anthony, away. what do you think about it, brother? It's interesting that Chris said the grunge thing. I wrote that it has a bit of a grungy sound to it. Uh, I said this has a bit of a grungy sound to it. Like 80s metal and grunge decided to have a baby together. To me, it felt like the mashup of those two genres pretty well for some reason. I could hear both. Um, the song itself has a nice steady beat, more killer guitar work, and was it Jesse James Dupree, the lead singer? Uh, he sounds great on vocals. Um, I gave it a nine. I think it's excellent. But I was boarding between 9 and 10 because this is number 5 all time for them in concert with 130 plays. But I'm not going with 10. I'm going to go with an excellent because it is an excellent song. I do like it a lot. I like it. I like it. Sounds good, my friend. All right, let's go to track number 5. It's called Redneck Punk. Chris, a little listen. That's what I like best about that song. The end. All right. All right. So this redneck punk to me, it seems like they try to speed it up, make it a little bit of a punkier vibe for sure. Um, it's, I don't think it's the best follow up to When Will It Rain. I think that this song may have been better placed somewhere else on the record. 
However, I think the reef is, the riff is decent. I believe that the song rates out as good. I gave it a six. Chris, what do you really? think about Redneck Punk? Yeah, it's it's an interesting song, and it's definitely a toe tapper. Uh, very descriptive song, you know, like <laughs> it kind of fits those guys to a oh. T when you get oh, right we're getting ready to get to a descriptive song. Yeah, I mean, it's a, you know, it's got a catchy, uh, it's got a catchy, solid guitar solo to it as well. Uh, every time I was watching or listening to this song, I think of those jackass movies. I could see this playing in one of those movies. <laughs> While they're you know doing some I mean? crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like out punking people and stuff, you know, like they, like they do. My wife uh, was like, this has got a Benny Hinn vibe. I, mean, I think it's a fun song. I, I think it's very good. I gave it a seven. Yeah. Hey, fair enough, man. Fair enough. Anthony, what do you think about it? It's funny you mentioned punky vibe, Jimmy. I said, uh, my notes say, I like the punky upbeat vibe of this song and the way it grooves. Great guitar solo, fun chorus. I'm dropping an eight on it. Um, I, I really like it. Uh, number six all time, 124 plays. So like Lumberjack, wow. I mean, a back on this album. It's like their top six songs in concert. According wow. to South FM. So they played all these songs a lot in concert. So yeah, I'm getting eight, man. I like this one a lot. So it's fun. It's enjoyable. Heck Got yeah. Nice, nice groove to it. Cool, man. Well, that's great. Um, I'm going to go to track number six now. It's called The Lumberjack. Chris, crank it for us. (laughs) Yeah. That's like paying homage to uh, ZZ Top, you ask me. Nonetheless, here we go. First of all, the Lumberjack, it actually has a chainsaw as an instrument. What else needs to be said? It's iconic. I give it a 10. Chris, what do you think about the Lumberjack? (laughs) Well, (laughs) yeah, that's right to the point, isn't it? Uh, I I agree. I mean, if you know these guys at all, it's because of this song and because of that chainsaw. I mean, that's what they're known for. And... I mean, this song has got a great groove to it. I mean, it really does. And, and we, you know, we touched on this during the ZZ Top podcast. I mean, it sounds a whole lot like the last song on uh, Trace Hombres. I don't remember the name of that song off the top of my head, but it really does. It sounds kind of, and to me, uh, ACDC, The Jack. I mean, I hear that, she's got the jack. I can yeah, hear that, that too. Through that, too. But uh, I, I'll tell you, I, uh, when, when we saw them live and they played this song, here he is swigging Jack Daniels and he's got his chainsaw out and he's cutting a stool in half. I mean, it's as rock and roll as it gets, man. It, these guys <laughs> are so much fun in concert to watch. 
And I and I took the time to, to watch the music video on this song. I don't know if you guys did that this week or not. But to me, Jesse looks like a cross between Sebastian Bach back during his Skid Row days and Jeff Daniels from Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> it's like you mash those guys together, that's what he looks like in this video. It's hilarious. Uh, man, it's just, it's a great song. It, yeah, it's iconic. It's a 10. It's the easiest 10. I wasn't sure about, uh, down on me as much, but definitely this is a 10. Hey, cool. All right. Anthony, what do you think about the lumberjack? Well, we have reached the top of the roller coaster as far as I'm saying. It's downhill to mediocrity after this. So just putting that out there to anybody else. So <laughs> anyways, this song, yeah, man. Stop listening to the podcast now. <laughs> stop listening to the album now. Um, but uh, no, nah, this song, man, it's groovy, it's bluesy, it's everything you'd want a song like this to sound like. Chainsaw solo is a thing of brilliance. Easy 10, man. Number one all time, 178 plays, probably more than that. Um, and I found out a few little interesting tidbits. Um, this song, it said it peaked at number 24, number 24 on Billboard's Main Street Rock Chart in 1992. Um, and it says, yes, that's a real chainsaw solo on the track, courtesy of lead singer Jesse James Dupree. Before they were signed to Geffen Records, a chainsaw bit was part of their stage show with Dupree cutting stuff up and wielding it as an instrument during jam sections. When Jackal got their major label deal, Dupree figured it was the end of the chainsaw since they were now big time. John, you know, they're at Geffen, who signed the band, thought otherwise, insisting they keep the chainsaw on the show and use it on this track. thought that was pretty neat to read. And then I also found out this, too, that, do you know they're in the Guinness Book of World Records? Yeah, for yeah. most, uh, yeah, that, which makes, the reason they're there is <laughs> makes me think that our numbers are not right, because they did 100 shows in, what, 50 days? 50 days, days. that's right. Yeah. So, so, and you know this song was on every one of those shows. I mean, you know it was. So. I know. That's what I said. I said 178. And I was like, yeah, it's probably more than that. Yeah, but yeah. it's number one. Surprise, surprise. It's a 10. So. Fantastic. Of course it is. All right. Brings us to track number seven. It's called Reach For Me. for the talking all right i think it's got a great bass and drum intro i believe that it's uh, very good it was a grower on me this week i think it's sneakily memorable 
I like the brief harmonic or the brief harmony it had in the guitar solo there. To me, it's a seven. I think it's very good. Chris, what do you think about it? Well, some song has to get it this week, so this is the one. Chris's <laughs> Flush of the Week. <laughs> That's my was, lowest score of the night, guys. Was, it's, a, it's a generic song. Uh, it's filler. Uh, I've tried to listen to this several times, but it just never has grabbed me. Um, the guitar solo is decent. They got like some har- harmonizing guitar solos, but for me, it's a meh. I gave it a five. Fair enough. Anthony, what do you think about it? Uh, yeah, man, I didn't write much on this one. I mean, I said I love the bass intro and the, the groove throughout the song, but it's one of those that doesn't jump off at me. Not one I would seek out or skip. I dropped a six on it. It's decent, but, you know, it's eh. All right, all man. All right. So well, that brings us up to track number eight. It's called Back Off, Brother. Chris, a little listen. How's it feel to be so black? Well, lyrically, this is the perfect song for today's issues with political correctness. I think it's a good, simple riff. The ACDC school is in session. I think this blues solo is excellent. It could be one of the best on the album. I gave it a six and a half. Chris, what do you think? It's uh, it's another song I'm not crazy about. Uh, there is a little more swagger to this song than the previous song, and that's the reason that song didn't get the flush of the night, or that song got the flush of the night, not this one. Uh, that said, ah, it's not great. Uh, I guess this song, is he talking about the government? Cause I mean, those points every time about uncle Sam and everything. If so, I guess bonus points for that. I'm not sure that's what this is about, but, uh, I gave it a 5.5. 5, so <laughs> it's a little better than the last one, but the two weakest songs on the album right here, back to back, I think. All right. Anthony, what do you think about back off brother? I mean, yeah, it, it grooves. It works. You know, I like the swagger and energy of it too. Yeah. I dropped a seven on it. Of, of these songs going through right now, this is the highest one of the next whatever back to here. Um, and I do love these lyrics. Though. They paint one heck of a picture. Um, preacher man, he acts so good. Says he don't, but I know he would. Stick his head up the hole of love and forget all about the Lord above. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I didn't catch that. That is, those are pretty good lyrics there. I'll give you that. Yeah. <laughs> they just, that just, I was like, okay, I got to put that in the podcast. It wasn't too explicit. I don't think, you know, the, the kiddies no. won't know what's going on. The, the parents yeah. might, but the kids won't. So yeah, I give it a seven. I, it's a groover. You know, I like it. It, it. It's got a jam to it, but yeah. All right. Good, good, good. I'm surprised you went that high, but that's cool. Now we're going to go to track number nine. It's called brain drain. Chris, little listen.
All right. So brain drain. That bass intro is still my notes. In bass, incredible. First thing I said. I'm gonna tell you right now, the bassist on this album is incredible. He is he's good an underrated he's good. artist by a long shot because he's holding the groove like so few others can. I think um, once that bass intro and the riff hits. You're in. You're in for a fun ride. I think the solo is great, but that freaking harmonica kills me. I gave it a seven. <laughs> Chris, what do you think? I gave it extra points because of the harmonica. That's funny you said that, man. Yeah, again, that bass line, that boom, ding, 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 ding. I mean, it sounds great on this song, and I actually had to write it in my notes, underline it again, make sure you mention that because it's fantastic. There is swagger to this song, and I did appreciate the. Uh, uh, the harmonica during the guitar solo as well. Uh, I don't know. It's There's some debauchery going on in this song. Uh, he's talking about the Mary Jane, and there's parts he's talking about drinking grain alcohol and drinking whiskey. I'm pretty sure the dude's a big alcoholic. Let's just be honest. The more I listen to him. I enjoyed this song, and it grew on me. Actually, there's a song that gets stuck in my head pretty much when we're doing this. This is the one this week for me. I gave it an eight. I think, it's, I think it's a great song. And I, I got a feeling Anthony didn't listen to this one enough because I'm pretty sure he's going to come out with a low score. But I know how you love a good bass line, man. And if you listen to this bass line again, <laughs> and it's a rocking song. Yeah, I'm going to give it an eight. Cool, man. Anthony, what do you think about it? Uh, I mean, opening notes, uh, enjoy the bass guitar that runs heavily throughout this one. And there's a great guitar and harmonica solo in the middle of it, man. I, I, I like... I was listening to this yeah. song going, what, what am I going to rate this? And I was like, okay, I do like that. That's pretty good. Uh, I dropped a 6.5 on it, man. I could just not get into this song all that much this Didn't week. Didn't care for the Mary Jane references that you're... Uh... <laughs> I do like grain alcohol. I do like that part of it. But, uh, man, dude, six and a half is good. It is. It's not it is. bad. It's between good and very good, actually. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, I mean, but, I, eh, like I said, we're on we the... forget about when we do these numbers. Six is good for those listening at home, so it's not just, like it's garbage. These slat, these these this little section here of the album, just like come on, just get on with it. I'm using a little bit better. Do anymore, man. You're good. Yeah, I, nah, <laughs> it's not a terrible thing. It's just I don't know. All right, now track number ten. It's called "Just Like a Devil." Chris, a little listen. All right, so I think it's got a decent riff in it. I think, the once again, the bass is driving this song as well. I think it's a funny song lyrically. I enjoyed it. I think it's a, I think it's one of the highlights on this side of the record or this end of the record. I, uh, I dig this one. Once again, I think it was a grower. I gave it an eight. I think it's great. Chris, what do you think? Man, I couldn't agree more. I mean... This one, okay, we took two weeks. We took a week off last week. If I don't know how many fans we got out there. If you guys are paying attention, you, you know we missed a week there. But we're doing a thing now where we all pick a song and then we take a week off. So that's what we're doing. 
And and this one, I'm glad we had two weeks because early on, I don't think I'd have given this a very good score, but it grew on me over time. I think it's a sleeper. I think it's a really good uh, guitar solo in this song. And, I, man, I gave it an eight as well. I think it's it's great. Cool. Yeah. All right, Anthony, what do you think about Just Like a Devil? Well, subtract two from that score, man. <laughs> All right, six. Perfect enough. It's it's an okay Still song. Good. It's an okay song. Um, I do like the bass that runs throughout. It's really good, man. But this just it's just another one of those that just didn't get me. I'll be honest. I didn't listen to this album a lot the last few weeks. I know I could have. I just didn't have a lot of desire to come back to it. I just didn't. I tried. I just Hey, like I, I said, dude, you don't ever listen to it again. That's the good part. You only have to listen to it <laughs> once, to be honest with you. Actually, from the start to Lumberjack and to the next song, I throw those on a playlist and have those spinning all the time. It's just this; these these four right here are just, eh, I can just take it or leave it most of the time. So, right, Cool yeah. enough, man. It's all, dude, you still gave it a good. Hell. Yeah, I know, I know. That's true. All right. Just about any more than that. I just, I just like right, to be brother. more of a positive person. I don't like to be a negative person, but I just, I'm Dude, not feeling it's it. It's still good. Six is good. What is wrong <laughs> with you all? Oh my God. You're acting like you gave it a four. All right. Track four. number 11. It's the last song. Chris, play us a little sample. You guys trust me on this. I'm not going to go blue here. So. So this last song honestly is probably the best song I've ever heard that was dedicated to the farm alarm clock. The rooster. I gave it a 10. It's iconic. You gave it a 10? Chris, what do you think about the last song? You gave it a 10? You're not joking. No. Okay. Well, maybe it is for these guys. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Okay. Here's my notes. Uh, Is it juvenile? Yes, it is. Does it rock? Yes, it does. (laughs) I think it's the best song on the back end of this album. After Lumberjack, I mean, you know, everything after, I'm not sure where, if Lumberjack, I don't know on tapes back in the day if this was on side one or two, but after Lumberjack is the best song on the album. Uh, It definitely has some ACDC vibes, and while all the other ones seem to have uh, Brian Johnson vibes, this one's got Bon Scott vibes. I can hear him singing this, and there's a part I didn't catch where, like, where he goes, you know, kind of like the way Bon Scott would have done it back in the day. Great song, man. Is it? It's a no, fun, irreverent way to close the album. I said I gave it eight and a half. I'm not sure ten, but maybe I don't know. I guess it, it probably is iconic for these guys. But I gave it eight and a half. Anthony, what do you think about the last song? Uh, I wrote uh, album starts strong and closes strong. This is a groover from start to finish. Jesse sounds great on vocals, the guitars, the drums. They sound great as well. Chorus is excellent. Awesome harmonies. It's a very strong song to close out this album. Number seven all time with 100 plays in concert. I dropped a nine on it. I think it's excellent. 
I'm digging it. And I pulled a few fun lyrics that were not too explicit. <laughs> so they, they kind of go like this. This is the way it, I guess the song starts. See the bird on the bar stool looking for a jerk. If she likes the way he looks, she'll put his butt to work. And he knows she's been all around the block. She's tried a doctor, a lawyer, even tried a jock. And skipping forward, there there's as many hands on her as the knob on the door. She's such a pretty, pretty, pretty little whore. Oh, Lord. <laughs> right on, man. So, crazy lyrics, but, you know, try to keep it as unexplicit as we can. Because, you know, we don't get real explicit on this podcast, so. Try to keep That's it a hard song not to get explicit on, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, so my uh, overall review of the uh, debut by Jackal, I think it's a fun listen. It may not have the highest scores out there, but I've uh, I've seen the majority of these songs played live. Jackal kills it every night, every show. Jesse James is one of the most charismatic lead men out there. He's down to earth. Just by the interviews I've heard and watched him on, uh, you know, many many shows. Um, I'd love to sit down and, and have the interview with him. As a matter of fact, I did reach out to his publicist this week and just to see if he would be willing to do something. I hadn't heard anything back. Maybe we'll get lucky. And I just discuss a little bit about this record and you know how things are going and, and maybe discuss some of his whiskey. Um, I think the album is uh, a fun listen. Like I said, I, I believe it's worth anybody's time who likes that grungier side of hair metal, if you know what I mean. Um, these guys rock hard. They've got that kind of edgy ACDC vibe going. Overall, my score came out as an 8.3, and I'm good with that. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's good that we had two weeks to this for this one to kind of soak in, because I think early on I may not have given it as good a score as, uh, as I wind up giving it. Uh, it is kind of like check your brain at the door, uh, just have fun, rock music. It's got some swagger to it. There's definitely some blues vibes in there, too. And like you said, man, Jesse seems like an approachable guy, and I think he treats his fans well. And, you know, I've said it before, these guys in concert, fantastic. They absolutely bring it. Uh, I mentioned this uh, previously, I'm going to say it again. We saw them open for Poison, and Poison was very disappointing in concert. Jackal brought it. Uh, there was supposed to be a third band who had to cancel. Jackal played a full set. I think they might have played more songs than Poison, if I'm not. I mean, that's how ridiculous that was. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm serious. I mean, I looked at the playlist, and... Poison at the time was opening for Def Leppard, and uh, I can't remember who else was on that tour, but they were the opening act. Cheap Trick, was it? The Cheap nope, Trick is Extreme. Well, I don't know. regardless, they played their, their opening act set. They didn't play like a... I mean, here you're paying to see them. You know, I was really ticked off by that. But Jackal saved the day. They came out and they brought it, and they played a full set, and they were awesome. So kudos to those guys. I mean, sometimes this stuff's a little crass. It's not always family-friendly. But it doesn't pretend to be anything more than it is. It's just good old rock and roll with a little southern redneck mixed in there. And it definitely has ACDC vibes. But, hey, man, we all love ACDC. That's great. I'm going to round this thing up a little bit. I gave it a 7.5 early on, but I'm going to round it to an 8 for, for the live factor. I think these guys are really good live. And, that, and you know, 8 is great in our scale. So I think that's a fair score for them. Cool. Anthony, what are your final assessments? Uh, my rating came out to be an 8.1. And I'm not rounding it in either direction. I might go down a notch, but not up. But anyways, uh, now 8.1 I think is good enough for this one. Uh, it's a solid album with a lot of great songs on it. It's heavily front-loaded though, man, with a very weak back half. Um, but if you're from our generation or enjoy music like this, you might enjoy it. Um, I didn't love it or hate it. Somewhere in the middle. Uh, would I listen to it again? Sure. 
I will listen to it often. No. Um, and those are my final thoughts on it. But the front half of this album, man, I mean, it, it's tipping almost one way. It's so heavy on that front, but the back is weak, man. <laughs> I'd like to say one more thing, and I didn't have this in my notes, but I meant to put it in there. I feel like these guys are a 90s band who should have been in the 80s. And I think if they'd have come out 10 years, maybe not 10, but five years earlier, they'd have been a lot more successful. I, I feel like that they, they started in 92. That's kind of when the grunge act yeah. started taking you know it's like it's unfortunate timing for these guys i think they'd have been bigger if they would have come out like in 86 say something like that there was there's a at the end of that wave of hair metal or pop metal glam metal whatever you want to call it there were some bands like skid row you know jackal uh, a few other ones firehouse came out during that time that kind of just caught that little brief wave and yeah. got to manage to get a few little hits you know and even time. trickster maybe was there dangerous toy was a, was another one too that they almost got on that, that little, almost got there. But so there's a few bands like that, you know, that I just almost got it for Nirvana killed everything. So. Oh yeah. All right. Well guys, before we go any further, um, Anthony, what do you got going on next week? Uh, dropping Havana Daydreaming and Big Rig next week. A side, B side. So I saw those two. Big Rig was like, ridiculous number of songs and cons times and concerts like i got i got to showcase that one so cool it's coming up this week so and nightlight yeah, tales has been dropping some stuff on regular basis too oh, yeah. so just check in see what's over there so i've been listening it's been good stuff right there we have an album reveal don't forget to no i wasn't going to i was going to do right. that before we close it off <laughs> all right kids uh who's picking next week chris that would be me you guys ready for this And in this corner, <laughs> weighing in at a grand total of 800 pounds, consisting mostly of chest hair, the 1988 self-titled debut album from the band, Winner! <laughs> That's right, fellas. I can't believe we have, we've done this podcast over a year. I cannot believe... We haven't reviewed this album yet, but we're going with Winger this week. You the self-titled debut is? album. <laughs> it's right there on top of my list, dude. Is that, oh was that your God. next pick? Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. So dude, get, ready awesome, man, man. get ready for the man sweater because it's coming. Man sweater. Buddy, I wear mine every year this time. <laughs> you know, Winger gets a lot of grief, but that boy's talented, man. Uh, this is a good album, guys. You're going to enjoy this. Oh, and by the way, me? I saw I this said show. I said during Bon Jovi, I got two albums with my CD player. This was the other one. So, what's on that album? Oh my gosh, seventeen on that's that the one? big one. Yeah, seventeen, oh, that's, dude, uh, seventeen. Oh my god, man, they Madeline, awesome. it, Madeline's they, on this. Yes, they'd murder those guys today for seven. They did seven. They could never get that song out today, man. But the eighties, it's a different matter. time, my friend. Different time, it doesn't man. matter. Social oh media god. would have sunk that song back in the day, man. But. We didn't have social media back in the 80s. <laughs> oh my God. Hungry's on this. Yeah, yeah. there's some good songs, guys. Hit it for be a fun. heartbreak. Be a fun oh listen. Oh, my God. I love it. Oh, it. All right, guys. Ballot Boy loves Headed for Heartbreak. <laughs> I guarantee I think it closes with that, if I'm not mistaken. So. Uh, yes, it does. Yes, yeah. it does, sir. Oh, my God, y'all. All right, yep. that's good. That's going to be a fun listen this week. Killer. Yeah. I can't wait. All right, boys. Let's wrap this beast up this week. Um I was gonna say thank y'all for at least giving this one a shot. I appreciate it. This is I think it's a fun album, like I said. Um, but I am looking forward to Winger. Holy crap. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. That's awesome. <laughs> oh my God. All right, all right. Anyway, 
thank you all for listening. We appreciate all the follows. Uh, we love the feedback. Just keep it up, guys. We do it for everybody. We do it for us mostly, but we're open to suggestions. Like I said, we we took the Zeppelin suggestion and ran with it. We got a Zeppelin review in. Guys, throw them out there. We're open to, to taking about anything in in this 80s, 90s genre that we've been rocking, and we're, we're not opposed it's to going 70s. to the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> All right, boys, for Audible XC Podcast, this is Jimmy. This is Chris. This is Anthony. And this is it. Thank you for listening to the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. Join us next week when we review the self-titled debut album from the band Winger. We'll see you then.